We are living in unprecedented times in America. We're living in times that we thought would, we would never see. The freedoms we have taken for granted are now being stolen from us by a despotic leader who is ungodly and is driving an agenda of paganism into our land. And I don't, any, I can, I, I don't know how to say it any other way. If this will not go away unless we act and we do something, we pray hard. I was reading, uh, I was reading uh, a quote from Justice William Douglas, and I want to share it with you right now. He said, as nightfall does not come all at once, neither does oppression. In both instances, there is a twilight when everything remains seemingly unchanged. And it is in such a twilight that we must all be aware of change in the air, however slight, lest we become unwitting victims of the darkness. Theo Hobson, a British liberal thinker, spoke of moral revolution, which is what's happening today. He said, when a moral revolution takes place, that which was repudiated must first be celebrated. There are things being celebrated right now on a national level in a cancel culture that we never thought we would ever hear, that we never thought we would face. That which was celebrated must be repudiated, he went on to say, and those who will not celebrate must themselves be repudiated. And right now, we are living in a time when conservative is considered radical. In a previous time, the liberal and the radical left was considered radical. So the times have changed. We're talking about one world government. This is the second part in a series of, of I don't know how many on one world government. We'll see. But um, I really encourage you to go back and listen uh, or view last week's message on world government part one. It'll give you a good framework for what we're talking about today. We're living in a time where America is moving into totalitarianism. You may not know what that means. It is a form of government that attempts to assert total control over the lives of its citizens. It is characterized by a strong central rule that attempts to control and direct all aspects of individual life through coercion and repression. Traditional social institutions and organizations are discouraged, we would be that, we would fall into that category, and suppressed, making people more willing to be merged into a single unified movement. This is exactly what the Bible has talked about for thousands of years, that there is coming uh, on our land one day, I don't know when, a one-world government that will be directed and led by a one-world ruler who is identified in Scripture as the Antichrist. I don't know when that day is. I don't know whether that's five years from today or 500 years from today. All I know is there are many, many signs right now that are pointing that we're moving in that direction at a rapid pace. So as we think about this, let's turn to Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. We'll begin to give you some scriptures, largely from the Old Testament today, about the coming Antichrist. Last week, we looked at Revelation, and we 
spent our time there. Today we're going to look at Daniel a little bit closer. The Bible says, He, that is the Antichrist, shall speak pompous words against the Most High. So one of the characteristics we see of this Antichrist, as his name would imply, is that he is arrogant and demeans the Most High God, the true God, the God of the Bible. We believe that there is only one way for a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl to get to heaven, and that is through the true God revealed in the Word of God. It says, he will speak those words and shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Now, it's interesting that Daniel, writing 2,600 years ago, predicted and looked out into the future and said, there is coming one, and one of his strategies will be to change times and laws. I don't think many people who have good sense would, would question whether or not there is an attempt right now to move, to disregard the Constitution of the United States. There have even been suggestions that we need to rewrite it. One of the people who's been suggested to do the rewriting is George Soros. Now, can you imagine that? I'm glad you don't like him. <laughs> One of the things that's happening today is a cancel culture. I want to show you a slide here because many of you know Sean Foyt. He was here and did a worship live with us. And uh, two things happened. Number one, uh, on TuneCore, they banned his new album. Remember, he's highly engaged in politics, and so their initial response was this. Uh, the good news is that they reversed their decision, and they put his album back up. Now, was that because of prayer? Was that because of outcry? I don't know, but I think it's a, it's a marker. If you're willing to cancel Christian worship music, you're probably willing to cancel anything. You know, this is a very narrow window of people who listen to Christian worship music, and you're saying you can't listen to what you want to because we control what you will listen to. So I think we can expect to see more of these kind of things, and that's why we as a people must always rise up and make your voice heard. Never assume, as you have in the past, someone else will speak. You speak, you be loud, you get on the phone, and make the voice known wherever you go. The changing of times and laws is what Daniel referred to. Naomi Wolf, who's a liberal, by the way, former Clinton advisor, recently uh, appeared on Tucker Carlson, and one of the things she said, and this is a tweet that she, that she sent out, remember, Clinton advisor, Democrat, Liberal. I just want to set up the scene here and listen to what she said. She said, if I had known Biden was open to lockdowns, as he now states, which is something historically unprecedented in a pandemic and a terrifying practice, one that won't ever end because elites love it, I never would have voted for him. Now, that's pretty, that's something I would say. I never would have voted for him. But remember, my frame of reference is not being an advisor to the president, to a former president of the United States, and being liberal. So the good news is that there's a lot of people wising up to what's happening in our world, and they're not all Republican or conservative or independent and conservative. There are liberal and Democrats that are going, something is wrong with this world. Here's what she further said. I really hope we wake up quickly 
because history also shows it's a small window in which people can fight back before it's too dangerous to fight back. We are on the verge of a second American revolution. And I know those are strong words, but there is something that is stirring in our nation, in our hearts, that says something is wrong. Naomi Wolf went on to speak about her book. She wrote a book a few years ago. And one of the things she talked about were the 10 steps to closing society. And here's a quote from her book. Such as Hitler's Germany, Mussolini's Italy, Stalin's Russia have historically followed. These steps, Wolf claims, are being observed in America now, and she believes that we're in step 10. Now, just for the sake of time, I'm only listing the, the last four here, but she said number seven is target key individuals. That's clearly happening in our day. Controlling the press, clearly happening in our day. Cast criticism as espionage and dissent as treason, clearly happening in our day. And here's the last one, subvert the rule of law. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins wrote this about a new piece of legislation called the Equality Act. If you're not aware of it, it is absolutely the most dangerous piece of legislation that, that affects uh, you and I in a church and what we believe and employers who hire people and who they hire. He says this, we are witnessing the greatest assault on religious freedom, biological reality, and parental rights ever seen in the U.S. Congress. The Sweeping Equality Act expands the definition of public accommodation in many instances to include church, school, and including religious schools. The bill redefines what it means to be a male and female. It politicizes medicine and forces doctors to violate their conscience. And it redefines religious freedom into something that would be unrecognizable to our founding fathers. If you're not aware of this piece of legislation, you need to, to really take note of what's happening in our world. You know, you might ask yourself, what can I do as a person? You know, we, we ask ourselves that question in the summer. And we said, we're gonna go ahead and do whatever we know to do. And we launched a site called AmericanFaith.com. And initially, it was a spillover site for what we're doing here on Sunday morning. This is the longest series I've been in. This is the 44th message in this series. Uh, when will you stop? I don't know. <laughs> it's like link sausage. It just keeps going and going and going. We tie it off on the end of Sunday and start again. But what can you do? I want to show you some a uh, little bit of the site. We encourage you to, to uh, kind of lock into it. Here is uh, what it looks like. It's uh, got news feeds. We, we select the, all the RSS feeds that will come into this site and give you an opportunity to be a part of it. You'll notice um, there's a, a number of different categories there. There's Mr. Potato Head in the center. So I just can't help myself. You'd be surprised how much I hold back. Tammy says, don't, don't say that. I said, Tammy, I'm holding back like 80% of what I really... <laughs> but you'll notice there's, uh, there's categories there at the top called politics, health, um, faith, different things. Uh, if you've not seen the exposing election fraud there, there's the, we have the uh, Mike Lindell uh, video there for you. You can watch that in its entirety. Uh, what can you do? I think two things you can do is make American faith 
uh, your source for news. We're gonna give you what you need to listen to. We're gonna make you aware of it. We've got valuable links in there you can go to and get more information. Uh, all the messages that we preach on this subject will be there as well. Uh, you're gonna find uh, a, a continually growing site um, that will expand um, your understanding of what's happening. There's gonna be a legislation site that will be launched. We'll tell you what's happening in legislation and what you can do about it. Um, so it's really gonna be a great source for you. Uh, and so I, I encourage you, you know, log in, uh, share it with your friends, be a part of it, and support this with your prayers and your finances because uh, we are going to make a difference in this. Um, so many things have come. Uh, you know, Kim Walker is with us uh, here today. Um, yeah, put your hands together for Kim. And Kim is, uh, is now here monthly as a, one of our worship leaders, and so we're thrilled to have her here. But uh, expanding that role is uh, she's going to be a part of American faith, and we're going to launch a site on worship and how it relates to the battle that we're in. We'll be having concerts on there for you, uh, some pretty amazing things. I also got a call this week uh, that... Uh, Looks like we may have a studio uh, right around the corner provided for us, an 1,800-square-foot studio. We'll tell you more about that. And then coming up on April 18th, we wanted you to save the date because we're going to have our first ever American Faith Gala, and uh, we're going to have William Fetter here. If you've never heard him, he is probably the, the, the greatest expert on socialism uh, as it relates to Christianity, and he will be with us in the morning to speak, and then he will be at the... Uh, the dinner that night. Um, so we're excited about what God is doing. We want to give you tools uh, that you can use. You know, sometimes, have you ever said this? I mean, I've said it, but what can I do? I mean, that's what's frustrating. You know, you elect certain people or you try to elect certain people and they don't carry out the, you know, anything that they promised they would carry out. And so we, we're going to continually be expanding tools and, 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 ex, and expanding uh, ways that you can get involved. We've hired a managing editor for American Faith. Um, we're excited about him, uh, John Fleetwood. I don't know if John's here today. John, are you here? John, great seat, dude. <laughs> John, God bless you, man. Love having you and your family here, a part of what we're doing. We did, uh, we did a national search for an editor. We got about 100 resumes, and we didn't necessarily have to have one that was local. We could do it, everything virtual, and turned out that the guy that we wanted and became our number one pick lived in Orange. And uh, so we're excited about what he's doing there and uh, just excited about uh, the leadership team that we have here and, and how God is blessing. And Simon, thank you for all you've done. Couldn't do it without you, brother. I really appreciate it. What about the leader of the last days? Let's transition back into the message here. Uh, Paul uh, Henry Spack, the first president of the United Nations, said these words. We do not want another committee. We have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and lift us up out of this economic morass in which we are now sinking. Send us such a man, whether he be God or devil, we will receive him. That's how it started, the United Nations. That's the first president. I doubt he knew prophecy. I doubt he knew the word of God. But he did speak a heartbeat that represented the United Nations. Not that it comes as a surprise, 
because it has been and is a corrupt organization from day one. It does not represent us. It does not represent the world. It represents a certain group of elite, power-hungry, and money-hungry people. I only say that because we lived on the East Coast. We had several people that we associated with that were part of the UN and told me as much. And they worked there. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 23 through 25, the scripture says, in the latter day, their kingdom, when the transgressions have reached their fullness. Now notice that. Whenever you read scripture, slow down enough to see what it's saying. Don't get in a hurry to read what you want to read, but slow down. Notice what it says. It gives you the timing in the latter times, okay, the last days. And it says, when transgressions have reached their fullness. What does that mean? That means that when sin reaches a pinnacle. We're not there yet. But it says, when you see that happening, a king, that is the Antichrist, will arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. So this world leader in the future is going to be one that is going to exercise sinister schemes, it says. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. So he's going to get his power from the evil one. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. Interesting, isn't it? He shall even rise against the prince of princes, that's Jesus, but he shall be broken without human means. So there's a divine destruction coming to him. Let's review a little bit the chart. This is the one we showed you last week, but it, it, uh, it's just kind of refresh your memory a little bit. If we start over here on the far left, one of the things Scripture talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 is there will be a great falling away. What does that mean? That means there are going to be a lot of people who profess faith in Christ but will fall away. You see, they were only surface Christians. They were only, Christianity was a hobby to them. The Bible says in the last days there will be those who will hold to a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. So what does that mean? That means they appear to be a Christian, but they have no power, they have no resident Holy Spirit that allows them to function in times of the last days. So then we see the next uh, event we have on our chart here is the rapture of the church. There's a scripture if you want to read it. Uh, if you want to take a picture of this uh, screen, you can do that. And then uh, you'll kind of have the record. Also, if you download the church app, you can get all the notes that we give you today, everything except the chart. It doesn't allow for images, but so you can supplement it with this. You'll notice that it talks about the Holy Spirit departing. You know, back in Genesis, in the time of, the, of Noah's uh, flood, it says that God says, my spirit will not always strive with man. What does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit is not promised to be here working with man at all time. Thessalonians tells us that he is called the restrainer. It says he will be removed, and that what, what that'll do is that'll take all the restraint off on planet Earth and allow uh, evil to run its course without Christians and without Holy Spirit on planet Earth. Then we begin a tribulation period. Now, what uh, Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 and verse 21 is that that will accelerate into a great tribulation unlike 
has, has ever been seen before. So that great tribulation is going to, to be the game changer. If you've ever read about the mark of the beast, that's in Revelation chapter 13, if you want to go back and read that. So where is that at? That's halfway through the tribulation period. That marks that time that's called now the Great Tribulation. So this tribulation period is seven years long, according to Scripture, and in the last half of that, everything will accelerate and it will move into what's called the Battle of Armageddon. This is where all the kings of the earth assemble and they come up against the Lord. Um, they think they want to crush everything and take complete control. One of those uh, leaders in that are called the kings of the east. We identified that as China. We did a two-part series on China uh, prior to this one, so you can go back about three weeks and grab that. It's said to be a, a 200 million uh, man-woman army. Um, that seems a little bit crazy, except that in 1965, Time Magazine ran a story about China who declared that they had a standing army and militia of 200 million. So Time recognized that in 1965, John told us about it in 90 AD. So the great thing about the Word of God, if you read the Word of God with the insight of what's happening in media, you can layer these things over and kind of make sense of everything. I always say read the Bible in one hand and then rip headlines from the news and see if any of them relate to what's going on. And then you see uh, we have the second coming of Christ, and this is where he comes and he puts an end to the battle that's on planet Earth and establishes his rule on Earth. If you ever read the scripture where the lion and, and the lamb will lay down together, remember that scripture? And, and uh, it's, it speaks of a day of peace where we take our swords, we, we pound them into plowshares and all of that. Well, that happens during the, the, the millennial period where Jesus will reign on earth uh, during that time. So what's the promise of the last days? Well, look what it says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist, remember John came announcing the Messiah, until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. What does that mean? That means the kingdom of God does not prosper by you sitting back and just enjoying your Christianity. See, that's not Christianity. Christianity, if you ever really read it and study it, it is something that has to be pushed into culture. Otherwise, culture will push it out. See, our founders recognized that because what did they say? They had the First Amendment. And it, and it, made, it set up a standard that said, no, government is not go, going to control religion. And they were speaking not of Christianity, they were speaking of religion. We're a pluralistic society here in America, and we, we want to recognize and honor everybody regardless of their race or their religion. That's what the Constitution's all about. And so the founders understood that, and they said, let's, let's not make the same mistake that was made in Europe. Let's not have a state religion. Let's not have the state run and operate um, what we're doing here. So you have to take a stand. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Here's one of the great promises. One of the things that God says, and that, by the way, Malachi is the last book in your Bible, and it's the period where there's an announcement of the coming kingdom and the coming return of Jesus Christ. It says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Remember, Elijah was the great miracle worker. He was the one that could call you know, the rain down from the heavens. 
He says, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. See, what's gonna happen is there's going to be a coming back together, it says in Malachi. This is one of the promises. While there's a lot of promises of a lot of bad stuff happening, I'm gonna tell you, there's also promises of great revival and a great movement. You see, God has always worked with a small group. Remember when they had the feeding of the 5,000 and, and when they were, Jesus turned to his disciples and says, where have they all gone? Well, they've all departed. They got their meal and they went home. And he said to Peter, Peter, will you go also? He said, where shall I go? You have the words of life. And Jesus says to him, this has been revealed to you by the Spirit. Flesh and blood is not revealed to you but the Spirit of God is revealed to you. See, we believe Christianity is a revelation religion, right? That things are revealed in the Scripture. The Bible is the Word of God. It's living and breathing and active. And when you read it, you're not reading it like you read another book. You're reading it when the power of the Spirit of God and He begins to speak to you and touch your heart and tell you things that you couldn't know apart from Him. You see, there's a historical Elijah you go back and you read about him in the book of Kings, and it says he operated in, in God's power and revelation. He called Israel to repentance. He was powerful through prayer and fasting. But there's also an end-time Elijah. Amen? This is something to be excited about. We're living in prophetic days. The manifestation of God's power and revelation is coming stronger and stronger. We're still seeing people healed in this church. We're still seeing miracles. Some churches don't even talk about miracles. They act like that's something that happened in the first century, but it went out of vogue sometime around the apostles' death. We are gonna see call, a calling of nations to repentance. You know, it's interesting that with Twitter doing what they did to cancel everybody out, guess who's launching a new platform, a conservative platform, they say they will not cancel voices, Al Jazeera. When you see the Muslims getting more conservative than America, you got a problem. A global, there's gonna be a global outpouring of the Spirit of God in our land. Most people are gonna think it's crazy and not get in touch with it, but if you know your word and you know your spirit, the Spirit of God, you're gonna be a part of a great movement of God unlike has ever seen on planet Earth. The second rain is coming. The, fall, the, the, the revival of God is coming on our land and some people are gonna be a part of it and some people are going to think it's crazy. Let me tell you something, I love the fact that people think our, our version of Christianity here at Influence is crazy. Because the Bible says that, that they thought, that they looked at the apostles and they said that they despised them, they rejected them. I wanna get back to a Christianity that's so crazy in love with Jesus that people go, well, they're crazy, but they're making a difference. They're changing the world. They're turning it upside down. He's preparing. He's preparing people right now for the return of Christ. You need to memorize your scripture. You need to be in it deeper than you've ever been before. You need to be vocal about your faith. Well, what about persecution? Yes, they were persecuted in the first century. Do you think you got a different version of Christianity today? You got the Orange County version. It's so comfortable, so nice, and I get a cross, put a diamond on it, and all's well. We gotta get back, guys, to the first century. Amen? 
Amen. Some of you are going, oh my. Not a, amen. Why not? Look, if you live to be 100, it's a great life. Amen? But what if you live to be 100 and you had nothing to show for it in the kingdom of God? You just long for the ride. Just want to get to heaven and make the most of it here. Make a difference now. What you do now in this life pays dividends in the life to come. And you can't earn those dividends once you get there. That's what's called treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. I don't know about you. I want to store up some treasures. Well, see, that sounds greedy. Well, Jesus told us to. Take it up with him. Don't take it up with the messenger. I'm just the waiter. I'm just serving the meal. Jesus said it as a command. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither rust nor moth can corrode or steal. Think of that. Command. You do that, he said. Do that because you're going to need it. You want to be broke in heaven? Keep doing what you're doing. Unless you're doing the things for the kingdom, amen? Hey, you know, it all starts, everything starts with this message of salvation. That Jesus died on the cross, according to scripture. He was buried, he rose from the dead. and He was seen by many witnesses. That's good news, amen? That's what the Bible says is good news. How do you come to be, become a Christian? By faith, you, you receive the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. You say, I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. And I believe the promise of the Spirit of God. When I receive him, his spirit will come live in my heart. If that hasn't happened in your life yet, I want, to, I want you to do that now. I want you to at least consider that now. If you're uncertain, consider that now. Pray a prayer like this one. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you were buried and rose from the dead according to the scripture. By faith, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Send your spirit to indwell me that I might be the temple of the living God on planet Earth. And if that was your prayer and you said it with sincerity, then I want you to know the Bible says you've now been saved. You now come into the kingdom and now you take the next step and grow in the kingdom. Amen? We hope that happened to many of you today.